Good morning. Today is Monday, June 21st, 2021. The structure of our Parsha, the Torah portion of Balak, that we read this week, is unique in the entire Torah in that nowhere else in the Torah is there an entire Parsha where the Jewish people have no role. There is no Jewish character that plays a role in our portion. The narrative concerns the Jewish people's approach to the land of Israel. We began to discuss this last week. And there are several nations through whose land they need to pass in order to reach the land of Israel. They try to pass peacefully, but each of these nations goes to war to prevent them from passing. Each of these nations, except for one, and that is the nation of Moab, led by the king named Balak. And Balak's idea, because he has the same fear that the Jewish people are really coming to conquer his land, which they were not, his strategy is completely different. And we're going to talk more about this later. His strategy is to hire a prophet named Bilam, a non-Jewish prophet named Bilam, to curse the Jewish people so that they will not be successful in taking his land. God tells Bilam, first God says, don't go on this mission. And then God says, okay, if you're going to go, just make sure you say whatever it is that I tell you to say. And Bilam goes on this mission. He stands at a height on the top of a mountain overlooking the camp of the Jewish people, and he tries to curse them, but what comes out of his mouth is blessings, and he repeats it several times. Each time he tries to curse them, but it's only blessings. And at the end, Balak is very upset with Bilam. He certainly did not get his money's worth. I asked you to curse the Jews, but you ended up blessing them. Bilam says, well, I told you the beginning. What can I do? I can only say what God tells me to say. That's the way a prophet works. But in any event, let's ask this question. During the entire Parsha this week, the Parsha of Balak, what were the Jewish people doing? And the answer is, they were not doing anything. They were just living. Our Parsha does not describe anything they did or did not do or said or did not say, they don't play any role. They are the subject of the Parsha. They are not one of the characters of the Parsha. It appears that they were oblivious to what was happening. It could have been that they never even found out about this until later. And as we know, learning the Parsha, this incident could have been devastating to them. It could have been catastrophic. If somehow Balak had hired Bilam and Bilam would have cursed the Jews, the implication is that curse would 
might have been somehow effective. We were actually in great danger, except that God protected us. And God made sure that what came out of the mouth of Bilaam was not a curse, but it was a blessing. I've shared with some of you before the insight of Rabbi Yerucham Levavitz on the subject of prayer in general. And that is that it's not enough just to say the words of the prayers. It is actually necessary to believe the truth of what it is that we say. And our Parsha should serve as a very important example and lesson for this. Let's take one prayer that we say every single day. Whenever we say the Amidah, those who say it three times a day, Every single time we say the Amidah, the standing prayer, we have a paragraph that starts with the words Modim. Modim anachnulach. We give thanks to you, God. We give thanks to you for all the good you do for us. And we say in that prayer, Shebuchol es erev vavoker v'tzaharoyim at every moment, in the evening, in the morning, in the afternoon, Every moment we are receiving your miracles and your wonders. Says Rabbi Rucham, we are required not only to say that, to give thanks for all the miracles God does for it, but to actually believe that it happens. And that's the question. Do you actually believe that you are receiving a miracle from God every single moment? How is that possible? I haven't seen the split sea this morning. I haven't seen uh, a ball of fire come and consume an offering this morning. What does it mean? How are we to incorporate these words into our understanding? I shared with you before, with some of you before, the insight of a respected colleague of mine, Rabbi Mark Penner, who says, and it's a great suggestion, and I tried to listen to it myself, and I suggest it to you. When you say these words, we thank you, God, for the miracles that are with us every day. And we thank you for the wonders that are with us constantly, every night, every morning, every afternoon. Take a moment and listen to your heartbeat. It's a miracle. Every morning, every night, Every afternoon, every moment, constantly, just listen to your heartbeat. It is a miracle from God because we know we ought not to take it for granted. A lot of people, Nebuch, after one beat, the heart does not take another beat. To uh, uh, a deep and dramatic insight, try it the next time you say Modim. Pause just for a second and just Listen or feel your heartbeat and think about every one of those is a miracle. There is a more dramatic answer. And that is, although we don't see overt miracles every moment of every day, once in a while, 
the curtain is drawn back and we get a glimpse behind the curtain and we see things are very different than the way they appear on the surface. Once in a while, for example, just as an example, the Mossad, Israel's security service, will announce over the last six months 50 potentially catastrophic terror attacks were foiled by the Mossad. In other words, there are Nebuch terrorists that are plotting against Israel, against Jews, in Israel, all over the world, all the time. All the time. Most of them we never hear about either because they simply failed or because some effort came to foil it. Maybe it was the Mossad. Maybe it was Mossad acting as an agent of God that we should not suffer this terrible attack. With the recent rise in anti-Semitism, violent anti-Semitism here, and in other places, we worry about it. We have to protect ourselves, absolutely. We take steps for increased security, but we also need to ask ourselves this question. How many more attacks had been planned that we never found out about it because they never came to be? There's a fascinating, fascinating line in Hallel, the prayer that we say on Rosh Chodesh and other holidays. Fascinating line, famous line. We're all familiar with it. But if we pay attention to the words, it's saying something quite profound. Hallelujah, Hashem Kogoyim. The nations of the world praise God. Shabhu Kol Haumim. The nations of the world give praise to God. Because God's kindness extends over us. A number of scholars ask, why should the nations of the world praise God that God's kindness comes over us? Maybe the nations of the world would praise God when God's kindness extends to them. Why are they praising when God's kindness extends to us? A number of commentators point out because the nations of the world, not all of them, some of them, we know, some of them, they know how often they are trying to attack the Jewish people, God forbid. We don't know because we don't see that planning. But they know because they're planning it and they see how often they are unsuccessful. And there are practical examples in the news every day. I don't want to go into the details because I don't want to give anyone any ideas. But you, you see places where clearly they are plotting things against us. And so much of the time it doesn't work. So they must say, wow, that God of Israel, he's really looking out for them. That's the praise the nations of the world have when they see how the extent towards which to which God is protecting us. What was the Jewish people doing in our Parsha? They were doing nothing. 
They were oblivious. Maybe they didn't even know about it until it was written down as part of the Torah. But in fact, they could have been harmed. And they were saved by God. And our Parsha reminds us, when we study this Parsha this week and this Shabbos, it reminds us that we need to live our lives with that awareness. We, like the Jews in the desert, there may be someone up on the top of a mountain trying to harm us. And when it does not happen, it's because God is protecting us. Now, certainly there are many times we do not see God's protection in ways small, large, and catastrophic. And we don't have any insight. God does not allow us any insight into why this happens and that does not happen. But it's still true. Ask yourself, and you will not be able to answer this question. How many times in the past year and a half were you actually in close contact with someone who was COVID positive and you could have gotten sick, but you didn't? There's no way to know that. Well, if you have one of those apps, maybe, but even the apps didn't seem to work so well. We say on Pesach at the Pesach Seder, in every generation, they rise up against us to harm us. We don't focus on this aspect of it on Pesach, but with this Parsha, we should focus on this aspect. In every generation, they rise up against us to harm us. Sometimes it's overt and we see it, but sometimes, maybe most of the time, we don't see it. We're never even aware of it. Because of the next line, God saves us from their hands. Again, sometimes we see it happening, but probably most of the time we don't even see it happening, like in our Parsha. This Parsha, which is so unusual, when no Jew is even a character in the narrative, teaches us this powerful lesson of how we should view our lives and recognize that there is so much we don't even know about and that God's miracles are done for us. Becholes, at all times, Erev vavoker v'tzorayim, in the evening, in the morning, in the afternoon, God is always watching over us. My friends, I want to wish you a great day and I look forward to seeing all of you soon in person.